Welcome to our Monday devotional on our journey through some of the highlights of Mark's Gospel. Today we consider chapter 10, verses 32 to 45. We have now moved to that point in Mark's narrative where Jesus and the disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. Our passage opens with these words. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem. At Jerusalem, of course, will be Jesus's betrayal, trial and death on the cross. Notice we are then told Jesus was walking ahead of them. Mark shows us Jesus steadily striding out in front of his disciples. And there was something about Jesus that had a profound effect on those following. For we read in verse 32, they were amazed and those who followed were afraid. Why amazed? Why afraid? Well, it seems that there was a sense of determination in Jesus' bearing as he strides out. There was a degree of commitment to what was clearly God's purpose that they'd never seen before. It seems to have unnerved them. And then taking the disciples aside, Jesus explained his mission in greater detail than ever before. In verses 33 and 34, we read of Jesus being delivered over to the religious leaders who will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. The Gentiles will mock him, spit on him, flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. This is the fullest set of details of what would happen that Jesus has shared. J.C. Ryle says, Calmly and deliberately, he tells his disciples of his coming passion at Jerusalem. One after another, he describes all the leading circumstances which would attend his death. Nothing is reserved. Nothing is kept back. He goes on to say, let us mark this well. There was nothing involuntary and unforeseen in our Lord's death. It was the result of his own free, determinate and deliberate choice. From the beginning of his earthly ministry, he saw the cross before him and went to it, a willing sufferer. And it's interesting to see how the disciples reacted. As the journey continues, James and John realise something of the significance of what is going to happen. For not only is Jesus going to be killed, but he will rise again, so he will be glorified. And in their mind, there is a new age being ushered in where Jesus will be king. And they want to stake their claim to a place of honour beside Jesus. So in verse 37, they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. And in verse 38, Jesus points out that they did not understand what they were asking. He said to them, you do not know what you are asking. He then asked the question in verse 38, which is actually phrased to give a no answer. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? or to be baptised with the baptism with which I am baptised. The cup is God's wrath poured out on sin, poured out on Jesus on the cross. The baptism is a metaphor 
for God's judgment against sin. The brothers didn't pause to reflect on what Jesus has said and glibly give an answer. We are able. Jesus then goes on to tell them two things. They will know suffering. Remember, James was martyred, John exiled. And it is the prerogative of God the Father to give honour, as he did with Jesus. In verse 41, we are told that when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Maybe they wanted the preeminence. So Jesus spells out a basic principle in verses 42 to 44, a principle for them and for us. In God's reckoning, true greatness is measured by our service, not by the number of servants. It is seen not in how high up the ladder we've climbed, but how far down the ladder we are prepared to go for the sake of others. True greatness is letting go of our desire for honour in this world. And in this, there is a role model for us. For in verse 45, we read, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. The Lord Jesus is always the best example for the Christian. He is the model after which we must strive to mould our attitudes, actions and words. How he would have spoken and behaved is the key to how we should speak and behave. Join me on Wednesday.